Well, uh, yesterday we uh, had a um, wonderful time uh, last night, uh, uh, filling ourselves up with cheesecake and living to tell about it. Uh, that uh, in and of itself is uh, is a blessing, I'm sure. Whoa. And uh, and then we had a very nice uh, study of uh, Ruth, talking about a lot of different issues um, that. Uh, Contemporary issues in our world and uh, issues related to chesed and loving kindness that that are so important uh, uh, in uh, in the world that we live in and that um, certainly becomes manifested, you know, in the new covenant. So uh, that um, uh, uh, was a real blessing. We had a real nice turnout uh, all the way till about a quarter after eleven uh, last night. So that was. Very, uh, that was very good. Well, why don't we pause and, and have a word of uh, prayer? Let's pray. Lord, uh, we thank you, uh, God, uh, for Shavuot. We thank you, uh, Lord, uh, for uh, your faithfulness, uh, God. We thank you that you are indeed the provider. You have provided uh, for the, uh, the, uh, the land itself, as we talked about yesterday, the great agricultural meaning. Uh, in the text of the Bible, and Lord, we do thank you that you provide also for us uh, in giving us the Torah, and Lord, we thank you that as a Messiah followers, we know that Shavuot is also the, um, the uh, celebration of your provision of the Ruach HaKodesh, Lord, uh, internally uh, within us. So God, we have much to be thankful for. Uh, when it comes to this uh, great uh, this great holiday, we don't uh, have a seder, we don't build a sukkah, we don't blow the shofar, we don't fast, we don't light Hanukkah candles or anything like that. But Lord, we rejoice uh, in you in the uh, in the great work uh, that you uh, have done. And so we thank you in Messiah's name. All right, so you know, uh, in a certain way, uh, Shavuos or Shavuot is the conclusion uh, of something, right? It is the conclusion of this whole Passover season. You might think to yourself, well, uh, the Passover was already like months ago. Uh, what, what does this have to do with Passover? So we saw yesterday in Leviticus chapter 23, when you count uh, to get to Shavuot, the season begins really at the uh, at the Passover. It completes the uh, counting of the uh, of the Omer, uh, and uh, you know, according to tradition, uh, Maimonides especially uh, wrote about counting each day of the Omer as a looking forward, a looking forward to the future, a looking forward to the uh, to the coming of the Messiah, the consummation. Uh, and of course, historically, uh, what we see is, is that the, the counting of the Omer is a reminder of us from the time that we left Egypt to the time that we got to Mount Sinai, right? Uh, and, uh, and received the, 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 uh, the Torah. Uh, and of course, just in the fact of counting the Omer, when we come to the end of it, we feel like we're at the end of uh, we're at the end of a season. We are uh, at the end of something. But, you know, in the very same way, uh, it is also uh, a, a beginning, uh, a beginning for us. Because when you think about it, uh, historically, 
when uh, our ancestors uh, came out of Egypt, and then they came to Mount Sinai and they received the Torah, they entered into a covenant relationship as a people uh, at Sinai. So while you could say it was the end of the Exodus period, it was really the beginning of walking with God, right? It was really the beginning of, of, uh, of walking with, uh, with God. And so when we talk about Shavuot as Messiah followers from the perspective of the coming of the Messiah, when you look, uh, and we can go back there to the book of Acts in the New Covenant, that in a way, I, uh, the, the events of Acts chapter 2, the pouring out of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of God, as prophesied by the prophet Joel, is in a way the end of the, uh, the first uh, appearance of the Messiah, the end of the first coming of, of, of the Messiah. And you could look at it from the time uh, of his birth, uh, through his whole life, uh, through his teaching, uh, and through his death and his resurrection, culminating uh, in this period of time. Technically, I suppose we would say that from the period of the resurrection of Yeshua to this day that, that is described in the second chapter of Acts is uh, really this period of time like from Passover to uh, 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 Shavuot. From the uh, counting of the, uh, that first sheep of the, of the uh, early spring harvest of the wave offering, that's when Yeshua rose from the dead, Right? And uh, we know that uh, from the first chapter uh, of Acts, that 40 days goes by, uh, and, uh, and then Yeshua ascends uh, into uh, the, uh, the heavens. He says here, uh, actually if we begin with the, at, the beginning of, uh, the, at the beginning of verse 1 of chapter 1, it says, uh, the first com- account I composed, Theophilus, about that of Yeshua, uh, began uh, about all that Yeshua began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had by the uh, Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said you heard uh, uh, of from me. For John baptized you with water, but you shall be immersed with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? So, you know, they, uh, they understood, they knew, just as we would know today, to think, well, if, you know, if you are the Messiah and... Everything has taken place, so when will Israel be restored? That's a very valid question, right? Uh, and uh, he said to them, It is not for you to know times or epics, which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Ruach HaKodesh has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he said these things, he was lifted up, while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of the sky. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was departing, behold, two men in 
white clothing stood beside them. And they also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Yeshua who has been taken up from you into the heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, the zealot and Judas, the son of James. These all with one mind were continuously devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Yeshua and his brothers. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and at this time, Peter stood up in the midst of, his, of the brethren. There was about 120 people there together. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he goes on to say, Brethren, the scripture has fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, uh, who became a guide to those who arrested Yeshua. Then the rest of the chapter uh, talks basically about finding another uh, apostle uh, to take the place of, uh, of Judas. Okay, so when, then when you go down to uh, chapter two, and when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. So because it says the day of Pentecost, we know when it was. Okay, it was uh, it was ten days after that fortieth day, and this is Shavuot. Pentecost is Shavuot. In fact, in some uh, like a messianic translation, will say when Shavuot had come. Okay, they were all together in one place. Now, it's interesting the way this is going to be described, okay, about what takes place uh, uh, here. So it says, And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire like fire, you know, above everybody's head is really what, what it's saying there. As a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on, on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, began to speak with other tongues or languages, and the Spirit was giving them utterance. And then it describes, it says, Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every, tri every nation under heaven. And then it names a whole bunch of places and says how they could understand each other. So here you have now, uh, on, on Shavuot, what seemingly is something like the consummation of everything. Not exactly. It isn't, obviously. We, we know that sun came up the next day, you know, uh, as, as usual. But it seemed like uh, this was uh, the, the consummation, where we know that, uh, you know, at the end, uh, the Spirit of God is indeed poured out. It says that in the prophet Joel and elsewhere. And we know that the Jewish people will be gathered uh, from all over the world to uh, Israel, to Jerusalem, uh, 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 And we know that uh, there will be uh, rejoicing and supernatural things taking place. So you have like a little microcosm of that that takes place on this day, on, on this uh, Shavuot. And it's written, Luke writes it in such a way that we would get that, okay? When he says, there were now Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Again, sort of writing it as if to say, this is like what's going to be. Okay? <clears throat> and, so, and, and the Spirit of God is poured out. But we know that while it, while it was the end of the, uh, the earthly ministry of Yeshua, really, the pouring out of the Ruach, it is the beginning of something else. Just like the receiving of the Torah 
was the beginning of the covenant relationship of the whole nation. So the pouring out of the uh, Ruach HaKodesh is, uh, yes, the end of Yeshua's uh, earthly ministry, but the beginning of uh, this uh, period of time uh, where the, you have the inauguration of this uh, kingdom. And then as the pages goes on, and we won't talk about that today, we see the inclusion of Gentiles and how Peter had to be convinced that it was okay to share this message with the Gentile world, that they could believe uh, the same thing as, as we do. And that, that takes place over the course of uh, like, you know, the next eight chapters of, uh, of, of, the, book of, uh, of the book of Acts. Uh, but what I thought we would just uh, take with us this morning is uh, this idea that just as Shavuot is something that we look back on and remember events that have taken place, it also is like a hinge that helps us to look forward to what indeed uh, uh, is to come. And you know, when we read the Siddur, it sort of works the very same way. When we read the Siddur, uh, we're remembering uh, how our people came out of Egypt. We're remembering how they received the Torah. But uh, in every Siddur, and in just about every Jewish service, you have this looking forward, looking backward as a witness and looking forward as a word of hope to the Olam Haba, the world to come, the, uh, the consummation. For example, uh, we read uh, you know, in the uh, Aleinu prayer, which comes from Isaiah 45, a good portion of it anyway, we read, therefore, we put our hope in you, O Lord, our God, that we may soon see your mighty splendor to remove detestable idolatry from the earth and false gods will utterly be cut off uh, to perfect the universe through the almighty uh, a sovereign. Then all humanity will call upon your name to turn all the earth's wicked toward you. All the world will recognize and know that to you every knee should bend, bend and every tongue should swear loyalty comes from Isaiah chapter 45. It takes the history, the, the way the Siddur works, it takes the history of our people and the faithfulness of God in what he has done, and we look forward to what he's going to do. And so in the same way, when we think about Yeshua, when we think about the Messiah as part of the larger history of the Jewish people, okay, we, uh, we see that God has been faithful. He has redeemed us out of Egypt. He has given us the Torah. He has guided us to the land and even in exile and then back to the land and then in exile again and, and back uh, to the land. Uh, and at the uh, appropriate time, uh, the Messiah has indeed come. And just as God gave us the Torah uh, and uh, made us into his covenant people, still we read about hardships and idolatry and going in the land and out of the land and in the land and out of the land. And we might say, just like Tevia said in Fiddler on the Roof, you know, if this is what it means to be uh, uh, chosen, why don't you choose somebody else for a while? Because it doesn't seem to be um, tangible so much all the time. It doesn't seem to be that, okay, now we're the covenant people. Now everything's going to be great. No, there are ebbs and flows and obedience is necessary and, and God has indeed made covenant promises. And it's the very same thing with the coming of Yeshua and embracing Him and the pouring out of the Ruach HaKodesh. Just as God gave us the Torah, but it didn't mean easy street. 
So in the very same way that he's poured out the Ruach, HaKodesh, it doesn't mean that now uh, we wear rose-colored glasses and everything's going to be great. We still have to be obedient. Yes, he has empowered us, but we still have uh, indeed uh, this, uh, this flesh. And we still undergo difficulties and, and, have, uh, and have issues uh, in, our, in our lives. But we read in the Brit Hadashah, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man or our outer body is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Far beyond all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so we do look forward, indeed, to that day of complete consummation. Just like for it, to this day, but you could say for sure, before there was a modern state of Israel, the same prayers would be said in the same siddur, uh, looking forward to a return to that land, uh, a return to uh, Eretz Yisrael. Uh, and so, uh, because of God's word, we do not lose heart. And so, in the very same way that he gave us the Torah, as you might say, a down payment of uh, a life to come, so he has given us the Ruach HaKodesh on the very same anniversary, the very same uh, a day on Shavuot, uh, by, uh, you know, for the very same uh, reason. And uh, so it's interesting that in the, in the New Covenant, there is this sense that the, the Spirit of God has been poured out, but it's like the beginning. It's like the beginning. And there are certain terms that are used to describe that. For example, in the book of James, right? Uh, James uh, wrote a letter to Jewish uh, believers in Yeshua in the Diaspora. Very interesting. and even uses that word, Diaspora, <laughs> at the beginning of the uh, letter. But anyway, uh, in verse 18 of the first chapter, he says, In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be, as it were, the first fruits among his creatures. We're kind of like, when you talk about Shavuot, we're kind of like that, that wheat offering, those loaves of bread, you know, the, the first fruits with an assurance of a harvest to come. And Yeshua himself speaks about this, uses this kind of, of terminology uh, in one particular place. We read about it in uh, the Gospel of uh, Mark, okay? In Mark uh, chapter uh, 4. There we go. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong place. Uh, John chapter 4. You know, they kind of looked alike. You know, they kind of, kind of looked alike. Were you there? They, they, you know, they, they were similar in appearance. Anyway, in uh, John chapter 4, I wanted to make sure you know where that mark was. Sorry. Okay. So Yeshua says uh, here in verse uh, 35, Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, that they are white for harvest, okay? So again, he uses this terminology of first fruits, of, of harvest, uh, and, uh, and gathering in uh, the harvest. And so when you put that together, it's like we're the first fruits of the resurrection of the community of Messiah followers, but yet with indeed more to come. And without taking up the time, when you read, I'll just tell you, when you read in both um, the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, in Matthew chapter 13 and in the fourth chapter of Mark, 
Yeshua tells a series of parables, a long series of parables, and he refers to them as the mysteries of the kingdom. The mysteries of the kingdom. This is very important. When he says the mysteries of the kingdom, he means something about the the coming kingdom of God that, that was not known, but now I'm making known to you. And that's where he tells the parable of the sowers and where he talks about uh, the uh, pearl of great price and, and that where, you know, uh, and he talks about the, the uh, mustard seed being the smallest seed and all those parables. He's basically telling one truth from different points of view with all those parables. What he's basically saying is, is that the mystery, the untold thing of the mystery of this kingdom is that it's coming first in an invisible fashion. And it's coming in a way that it's not an objective reality that everybody's automatically going to believe, but that people are going to act, people have the opportunity to reject it. That's what the parable of the sowers and the seeds, the different kinds of soil, that's what it's all about. He's saying, this was not known, that this kingdom is such that some will accept it, some will reject it, and also it's going to seem small and inconsequential. But actually, it is, it, is abs- it is of tremendous value and very powerful, see? Uh, and, and so, when, when we think about ourselves and we think about uh, uh, Shavuot, may we be encouraged to think, even though uh, we are small in number, even though uh, to many in our community we are inconsequential, uh, but to God, very valuable, absolutely strategic, and, and having uh, great consequences to, to how we live our lives and what we do. Uh, and that the day is going to come when there will be a consummation and a completion uh, you know, and a visible uh, a kingdom as, as we sing in Alenu and as the new covenant uh, 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 teaches us that, uh, that, w- that when we celebrate Shavuot, it's sort of like a reminder, a reminder of where we have been and of the faithfulness of God to get us here. Uh, and it is a reminder of the hope that we have uh, indeed for the future as we walk in faithfulness with God. And so uh, just as uh, our uh, ancestors who received the Torah walked in faithfulness uh, in exile for so long, believing that that obeying the Torah was sort of like living in the land in a metaphysical kind of way, looking forward to the return to the land. So in the very same way that when the Ruach came and the Torah came to, came to be implanted within us, we uh, continue in that journey, uh, yet empowered in such a way to live the future today. That's why we like to say Israel's future today. Not completely the future today, but uh, an appetizer, one might say, of the future today. And that is exactly how Paul, later on in his letters, describes the indwelling Ruach, right? Uh, As a down payment, uh, as the first fruits, as the beginning part. And so no matter how difficult our life may be, may we remember that God has sent the Messiah. God, God has given us the Torah. God has given us the Messiah. He's given us the Ruach HaKodesh as we journey along the way, awaiting that great consummation to come. What do we have in Messiah Yeshua? We have empowerment and we have assurance. That is the great promise 
that of the fathers that the disciples waited for and that has come to be and that we can experience today. So it's a great day of rejoicing uh, on Shavuot, remembering the witness of the past, looking forward to the hope of the future. Good. Well, let's uh, let's pray, and then Marcy will come and finish up. Lord, thank you, uh, God, for this uh, great uh, this great holiday. Lord, as we learned last night in our study of uh, Ruth, may we live out chesed as a way of making a difference in this world. As both Ruth and Boaz blessed Naomi, Lord, may we be a blessing and may we, so to speak, uh, pass it forward, this uh, concept of chesed, varachamim, uh, loving kindness uh, and mercy, Lord, as we live out the fruit of the Ruach HaKodesh, the living testimony of the coming of the Messiah. Size